We'll go this, are we good? I'll keep it going here. Amen. All right. Get yourselves comfortable. We we started a series. Uh, we're in the middle of a series titled Promises, Promises. Amen. And we've been talking about God's promises since we started. And what, what I want to do right now, I want to share a message with you continuing in this, in, this, in this series titled My Father's Voice. Say, say my father's voice. All right. You guys comfortable? You excited? Good, let's stand up for the reading of the word. Come on. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I need both hands to be smacking things. and I'll put it over here so it don't get. Amen. We're reading from Deuteronomy 28. Starting in verse 1, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all of his commands that I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. The crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks, your basket and your kneading trial will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come in at you one direction and flee from you in seven the Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything that you put your hand to the Lord your God will bless you in the land he's giving you the Lord will establish you as his holy people as his promise you on oath if you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him then all of the people on the earth will see that you are a people called by the name of the Lord. And they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, in the young of your livestock, and in the crops of your ground. In the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. The Lord will open up the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend but not borrow from anyone. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top and never at the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today to the right or to the left, following other gods or serving them. Bless the word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Woo, that's good. Amen. The problem with the scripture, though, is the next part of the chapter 28 talks about if you don't, <laughs> if you don't follow what you know to do, if you don't, those that know God, if you don't walk in those ways, if you walk in disobedience, the whole next chapter talks about the curse that disobedience brings. It said you'll be cursed in the city and you'll be cursed in the country. You'll be cursed when you come and you'll be cursed when you go. No amens on that, right? See, God promises this to, to his people Israel. This was a promise specific to his people Israel. And then we see all throughout the word and through history how he keeps his promise. 
We look all through the word when we read. Whenever, whenever God's people, Israel, followed after God, man, they were blessed. There was abundance. There was always blessing. When they didn't, they were on their own. They were always in trouble. They were getting captured. They would get beat. They would get kidnapped. They would get, they would get sent to exile whenever they didn't walk in God's blessings. Now, we got to watch this because it applies to us too. Say amen. Say, oh, snap. I didn't know that. See, the understanding here, here's what you got to get. That through the blessing or through the cursing, God was going to get recognized. Watch this. This will, this, will, this will bug you out for a minute. God is saying, through the blessing or through the cursing, people are going to know that I'm with you, that, I'm, that, that, that it's me. I'm, it's gonna, people are going to recognize me. God's going to get the glory. Do you understand, church? That still stands. God wants his people to, to, to bring the glory of God, that, that people would recognize the glory of God. Listen, when we're walking in blessing, God wants us to be so blessed that people will look at us and say, only God can bless that guy like that. But when those of us that follow after God are not walking in obedience, we'll be so cursed, we'll be so messed up that people would say, man, only God could, only God could be against that guy. Either way, God's going to get the glory. Do you understand? That's good stuff. So amen better. So, all right, let's, let's get in. So we already spoke last time about the promise that God gave to Noah, right? And, and the promise that stood for those who didn't follow God in the times of Noah. We went through that the other week, right? And family, when we follow after God, there is the promise of a blessing. I mean, I mean we get our, the, the definition twisted. You know, we think a blessing is, is you know, the, the whatever latest this and the latest that and the latest Lexus and the biggest you know, Escalade and the biggest that. And we, we, we got our, you know, things twisted. But, but God says you're going to walk in blessing. Amen? I don't want you to get it twisted and think that that's the kind of stuff I'm preaching because that's not what I'm saying in the Word. Amen? And, and so th that, that promise was to God's people, but I don't want you to get it twisted because now we are God's people. Amen? And you say, but I'm not Jewish. I'm not, I'm not Israel. Oh, but wait a minute. Isaiah 56.3 says, my blessings are for the Gentiles too. My blessings are for the Puerto Ricans too. And for the Dominicans too. It's for my African Americans too. Amen. My blessings are for the Gentiles too. Watch this. When they accept the Lord, don't let them think that I'll make them second class citizens. They can be as much mine as anyone. Woo. This Cuban is as much God's as anybody's. Amen. Listen, church, I want you to hear the Father's voice today. So listen up. Listen, listen. Here's the Father's voice to you today. I knew you before you were born. I designed you for my purposes, Jeremiah 1.5. I have blotted out your sins and dissolved them like the mist, Isaiah 44.22. I have sealed you with my spirit to guarantee your coming inheritance, Ephesians 1.13 and 14. I will be a real father to you, 2 Corinthians 6.18. I will look after you and I'll teach you the way that is best, Psalm 32, 8. Trust in me with all your heart and I will guide you, Proverbs 3, 5. I will give you peace at all times and in every situation, 2 Thessalonians 3, 16. If you wait for me, I'll work on your behalf, 
Isaiah 64.4. I will heal your broken heart and I'll mend all of your wounds. Psalm 147.3. I will keep you safe because no one can snatch you out of my hand. John 10.29. You will find freedom wherever my spirit dwells. 2 Corinthians 3.17. I will reward those who diligently seek me with a heart of faith. Hebrews 11.6. When your body fails, you have an eternal home waiting for you. 2 Corinthians 5.1. My promise of life is for you and your family. Acts 2.39. I will never abandon you. Hebrews 13.5. I see your hardships and I care about your suffering. Psalm 31.7. I will give you my strength to help you in hard places. 2 Samuel 22.33 and 34. My mercy will overrule judgment. James 2.13. Never tire of doing good for in time you will reap a harvest. Galatians 6.9. I will not forget my promises because I I am a merciful God. Deuteronomy 4.31 I will not forget my promises. Can somebody just hold that and just I will not forget my promise. Family, we started this series a few weeks ago with a long list just like that one. And I've been hitting you with promise after promise hoping that some would stick hoping that some would just get a hold, that you'd get a hold of one or two of those and and be able to stand on that, amen? I love that the Word of God is a rock, that God's promises are stones that we can stand on, they're caves that we can take shelter in, they're lighthouses that shine the way, they're they're towers that stand in our defense. His promises are food that sustains, His promises are fire that consumes. Come on, say amen, somebody. So let's recap. We got a lot of new people here. I want to recap real quick kind of where we're at so we can all be on the same page, all right? Thank you, two of you. That's great. Thanks for coming. Um, so we dove into Genesis just to see where it all started, right, in the beginning, right? And, and, and how these promises came to be and how faithful the one who promises is. Because, listen, the power of a promise, remember, depends on the character of the one who promises. Amen? If some desgraciado makes you a promise, it doesn't really, you you understand, it doesn't really, but if the one that makes you a promise has character and integrity, then then there's power in that promise, amen? So, so, so you know, we went to the beginning in Genesis just to see all these promises, and we saw that from the very beginning, God promises man a future, but he also gives man a choice. Oh, man. Come on, he says, you can, he told Adam and Eve, you can enjoy all of this. You can enjoy it, be fruitful and multiply. In other words, he said, have sex and eat. That's my translation. (laughs) He's a good guy. That's what he says. Check your word. Stop reading Fifty Shades and read, read the word. And you'll understand. You'll understand where, where that came from. Fifty shades of that Anyway. So God tells him, listen, you can, you can have all this and have communion with me. You can, we're going we're to meet during the day and we're going to talk. We're going to have romantic times together. Or, or you can eat from that and do what you don't want, what you shouldn't do, and you're going to die. 
Understand, God didn't say, if you eat from that tree, I'll kill you. That's a different type of experience, right? God says, if you eat from that, you'll surely die. So you will die. You're going to choose. It's your choice. I'm not going to kill you. You're going to you, you choose. You, you have a choice. And Well, we know how well that worked, right? Man fell. He realized he was naked and he was ashamed. And, and God provided a sacrifice to cover their shame, right? He killed an animal, made leather clothes for them. And, and so that gives us a picture of the gospel right from the beginning. Fast forward. By Genesis 6, man was so corrupt. He had gotten it so wrong that God was sorry he even made us. And, and then when he talked about Noah and, 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 you know, we talked about Noah and God's grace to, to man. And he told Noah, because you walked with me, because of your obedience, I found favor in you. He tells him, I'm going to save you and your family. Somebody say amen. He said, start building. And, and we read how, how tragically man's disobedience was punished and wiped off the face of the earth with a flood. And because of that, God gave us the promise of a rainbow. You know what's jacked up about that? That probably your kids don't even know that that rainbow is a promise from God. We can't put rainbows all over the church because that would send a whole other message, wouldn't it? In today's culture. <laughs> We've taken God's promise and made it about pride. That's a whole nother message entirely. <laughs> but the, the, the promise of the rainbow was God's promise that when we stirred his anger, he would see the rainbow and remember his promise. Amen. God is so awesome that he, like, he, like he's going to forget, right? But he even tells us just so we could be comfortable. He said, look, I even gave myself a reminder. So whenever it starts to rain and I see the rainbow, I remember that even though you guys are a bunch of, you know, you're doing some stupid things, anybody? The rainbow is going to remind me that I got to stop this rain in time before I wipe you all off the face of the earth again. It's a reminder. God says that I won't do this again. It's, it's a promise, Amen. And so then last week, Pastor Gary shared a message. He said, we need to grow up already. Amen? It's time we matured and started walking and understand that walking God's promises means walking in obedience. And, and not that we're legalistic and crazy. The, the, what you really have to get from that and what you really have to understand from that is that we need to walk in God's grace because none of us can walk perfectly. None of us can keep every command. None of us can walk in perfect obedience. We can't do it. If we could do it, we wouldn't need the sacrifice. Amen? So, so really, it, it, growing up and, and being mature is understanding that God did something for us. Like the sacrificed animal that covered Adam and Eve's shame, the perfect sacrifice of the son covers our shame and, and brings us back into relationship with God. So, okay, there's another story I need to share because we can't talk about the promises of God without talking about Abraham. Amen? Now, Abraham is referred by, by many as the father of our faith. There are a lot of awesome things written about Abraham. As a matter of fact, Islam, Judaism, and Christianity all refer to, 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 Is, uh, to uh, Abraham as a strong character in the faith. He is the superhero of the Bible, right? He's one of the superheroes that we hear about. But you know how I always talk to you about that's a, that's a dangerous thing to make anybody in the Bible a superhero? So I love that when we read the word, I'm happy to report that Abraham was a man and sometimes a knucklehead just like you and me. That's not sacrilegious. It's all right. This, Amen? It's true. 
But the thing is, there was greatness in him. And, and some of you need to understand there's greatness in you. Some of you need to get that today. There's greatness in me. I might have done stupid things. I might have been, been a, a, a failure in a lot of areas, but there's greatness in me. Why? Because God created me, and God doesn't make junk. And, and God said he created me in his image. And God said, I have a plan and a purpose for you. And I got to grab two or three of those promises and stand on them. Amen? Okay, let's fast forward. By Genesis 11, now we're all caught up. By Genesis 11, they're the sons of Noah. And, and at the end of the chapter, we're introduced to Abram. That was Abraham's name before he became Abraham. His name was Abram. Now, it tells us right in the beginning, Abram is married to Sarai. And it tells us right from the start that she's barren. She can't have any kids. And that must be important for the story because it's right in the beginning. It's like, hi, this is my wife Sarai, and she can't have any kids. It's like, you know, some of you is, hi, this is my husband, and he can't seem to hold a job. You know, like bringing it right up, like, like that's important, I guess. It must be important in the story. Because she's labeled right from the start. Hi, hi, hi. Relax, it's going to be all right. So Genesis 12, God calls Abram. And, and listen, he, he drops one of the biggest promises that we'll read about throughout the entire word. It's a promise that actually mentions and involves you and me today. And that's why it's so important for us to understand this. Here's the promise to Abraham. God tells him, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and I'll make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In you, Abram, all of the families, that's including all of us, the families of the faith will be blessed. Amen? Now, understand what has happened already. God hit reset on man and gave us another opportunity to walk with him, right, after the flood. All of man was messed up. It says there was nothing but crime and, and nastiness going on. And God said, I can't, I can't contend with man anymore. And so he saved Noah and he did a reset. He said, because see, God's heart is for our redemption. God could have said, you know what, I'm not going to make man. Man is a knucklehead. I'm not going to make man anymore. I'm going to make llamas. And I'm just going to have a planet of llamas. And the llamas are going to worship. You know what I'm saying? God could have done, it sounds silly, but he could have done whatever he wanted. But there's something about man that he loves us. There's something about us that God loves and he continues to try to redeem us and continues to try to save us and continues to provide a way that we don't have to be destroyed. Somebody say, thank you. So, so here we are, you know, God gave us a reset to walk with him, but by Genesis 12, the sons of Noah, they're not walking with God again. The sons of Noah, think about that. You're, that means their father or their grandfather, they were the only men left in the world. So, so imagine now you're a kid and you're, you're playing with your cousin who's also your uncle, who's also your brother, and your nephew's wife or cousin. You know, you understand? Because they're all related. They're all having kids, and they have to have kids with each other because they have to repopulate the earth, right? So I know like in some Hispanic families, right, your cousin is your uncle. And you, all right, never mind. So, so imagine these kids, though, they're, they're, they're playing in their little neighborhood, and they're wondering, how come there's no other kids anywhere? And they said, well, there's nobody else on the earth. 
Everybody's been wiped out. And so they understand and they heard the history. They know what happened. But here we are by Genesis 12. The sons of Noah, they're not worshiping anymore. By this time, people are already worshiping other gods. They're worshiping man-made idols. And, and it, it said that Abram's father, whose name was Terah, anybody with a name like Terah, you know this dude is no good. Terah. So he, he, it says that he used to be an idol maker. So he was a maker of idols. And so, once again, God is concerned with saving mankind. Listen, church, I wish you could hear the Father's voice. I wish you could just hear. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to survive. He wants, he's in your corner. He's shouting out your name. He's coaching you. He's shouting out strategies. The Father's in your corner, church. <coughs> Listen, he knows you're in a tough fight. Anybody in a tough fight? He knows you're in a tough fight, but he's shouting out your corner. Listen, I watched a movie the other night. And in this movie, there was a lot of MMA fighting. Somebody say, man, if you like fight, no? Whatever. Whatever. The three men in here that like MMA fights, just listen to me. This is going to make sense to you. Everybody else, you have to explain it to them later. So there was some, some fighting, some mixed martial arts fighting in the movie. And because I was already thinking about this, I got this glimpse of me in this terrible fight. I got this glimpse of you in this terrible fight. We're in this cage fight, right? And, and we're about to fight somebody who's a really skilled fighter. The, the guy we're in the cage with, he's, he's somebody who's known for destroying people. He's known for ending people's careers. And, and we're in this cage with him and, and no rules. And, and the, even the ref don't want to get in there. It, it's going to be a bad fight. Because we're in this fight with this guy who's skilled at destroying people. He, he, we're we're, we're going to fight a guy that didn't come just to win. He came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You, you, you're catching on? And if you've ever watched one of these fights, there, there's a man in the corner. Come on. If you've ever watched one of these fights, there's a man in the corner. And, and that man has trained you. And this man has taught you things. And he's encouraged you. He's prepared you for this fight. He knows your weaknesses. And he knows where you shine. He, 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 he knows where you work the best, and he's watching you fight, and he's watching you take hit after hit after hit. He's watching you. If you ever watch one of these fights, the, the trainer that's in the corner, the coach, when, whenever the fighter gets hurt, whenever the fighter gets hit, he feels it. He feels it because he's trained them. He's part of them. He's invested in them, and he's connected with them, and, and he knows every time he gets hit, he feels that, that, that pain. Because, and and, and what, what is he doing? He's watching and he's shouting. And if you could just hear his voice, he's, he's shouting things to, to the fighter. If you ever watch one of these fights, he's, he's shouting at the fighter. He's giving him advice. He's giving him correction. He's giving him direction. He's giving him encouragement and strategy because he sees it from the other side. He sees things that you can't see because you're too in the fight. But, the, but the, the coach and the trainer, he's, he's outside. He's seeing the things from a different thing. And he's shouting and he's telling you what to do. He's giving you advice and direction. The problem is there's hundreds of voices all around you. 
There's hundreds of voices gathered all around you and they're all shouting and, and some of them are telling you what to do and some of them are giving you suggestions and, and some of them are shouting for your opponent to win and some of them are against you and some of them are for you. And, but there's these hundreds of voices and, and some of them are happy that you're hurting right now. But if you could just hear his voice, if you could just hear his voice, He's shouting strategies at you. He's telling you how you can stand up under it. He's, 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 he's encouraging you. He's, he's, trying to, he's trying to give you strategies. He's telling you, move your hand from there. Get under him here. Get out of this. He's saying, you need to, you, you need to just focus on my voice. You need to avoid the distractions. You, you got to be able to not see what's going on around you and just listen to his voice. If you could just learn to hear his voice. If you could tune into the Father's voice. What just happened back here? If you can hear the Father's voice, you'll get through this. You'll know what to do, amen? How do we recover from that? <laughs> he says to Abram, I have a plan for you. Focus, focus, listen. He says to Abram, I have a plan for you. Go from these people and from this place. Church, sometimes for God to use you, we got to get away from the people you've always been with. Here's where I start offending some. Sometimes you have to be willing to walk away from some relationships. God says, I can't use you while you're in that environment. You know why? Because you don't listen well to me when you're with her. You don't listen too good to me when you're with him. So you need to separate from him. You need to separate from her. You, you need to come apart. You're not making it, you know, you, you, you're not going to make it if you stay around those people and in those relationships. So God says, come apart from that, those people. Come apart from them and go to the place I'm going to tell you. And the awesome thing is that Abraham, he picks up and he goes. And he takes his wife and all that they had, but he also took Lot, which is going to bring some trouble, but we'll get into that later. And he goes and he gets into Canaan. So he leaves, he takes everything like God tells him to do, and, and he goes. God hasn't even shown him yet to where to go. He just says, go to the land I'm going to tell you. And he gets to this land in Canaan, and God appears to him again. And, and he reconfirms the promise again. And he says, to, to your offspring, I'm going to give you this land. Isn't it awesome when God gives you something to do, and then when you do it, he speaks again? And he affirms something? Isn't that incredible? Listen, when God speaks to you again about the same thing, it either means you're in the right place now, or you haven't moved yet. So about that. 
So what does Abram do? Abram builds an altar there. And, and he says, man, he's so happy. This is the place where God wants me to be. I want to mark this space. And he builds this altar there. And it's amazing. He says, yeah, yeah, I'm going to build an altar right here. Because this is going to remind me. This is where God wants me planted. This is, this is where God has me. And, and it's amazing. Amen? And then a famine hits the land. Now understand, a famine in that time means a famine, means no food. So in order to survive, you got to do something. Because there's no food. People will starve to death. And so a famine hits the... So Abram, Abram, Abram was like, am I getting punked? Like you told me to come to this land. This is where you told me to come. Here I am where you told me to be. You told me this is where you want me to be. You told me you're going to give this land to me. You're going to make all this incredible stuff with me. And you're going to use me in this land. I get to this land and there's no totones. There's nothing to eat. A famine hits the land. Listen, listen church. God gives you, God gives them a promise and then tells you to go someplace. And when you get there, there's a famine and everybody's running to survive. Ask yourselves a question. Would you have stayed there and trusted God to provide? Or would you have taken your family to Egypt where there was food and abundance? That's a tough question, right? I can tell you one thing. Nothing good comes from Egypt. In this story, nothing good, and I'll tell you, nothing good comes from going back to the way you used to handle things before you started walking with God. Once you've trusted God with your life, nothing good comes from going back. And so what does Abram do? Abram decides to go to Egypt. But remember, Abram is not Abraham yet. Abram is still Abram. Listen, church, somebody needs to hear this. The reason God hasn't changed your name or your title yet is because you haven't come through the test yet. You aren't ready to carry a bigger name. Stop asking for the bigger title. Stop asking for the more. Just be faithful where you are and, and watch how God will change your name. And God will change when you're ready. Amen? Test yourself in this. When lack shows up, when trouble shows up, when pressure shows up, do you stand firm on the God who called you or do you revert back to the old way that you used to handle things? I know guys will say, well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? I got to do what I got to do. No, that's no bueno. You got to do what God tells you to do. Because what you, if you do what you got to do when you used to do, then you, that's what got you here in the first place. Amen? That's how you ended up in this situation. You got to do what God... All right. So, but, and, and you can say, but sometimes under the pressure, man, in the hot situation, it's so hard to hear His voice. Amen? But if you could only hear his voice, then you'd know what to do. If you could only hear his voice, you'd be encouraged. If you could only hear his voice, you know, you wouldn't give up. And now some of you could say, but sometimes God is silent. Anybody experience that? Do you know that that's no excuse because he still left you letters? Sorry. You said, but God, you haven't talked to me. He said, but God said, but I sent you a whole letter. Have you read that yet? I already told you what to do in all these situations. But God, I need a fresh word. There's fresh word. Did you read it all? Do you have it all memorized? Do you know it? Then there's fresh word in there for you. <laughs> no excuses. Stop the excuse. I need the fresh word. Shut up and do what you already know to do. Amen? 
So many times, right, we want something new from God. We want something fresh. I need to be fed. I need to be, then eat. God said, there's plenty of stuff to eat. Call me. Stop, stop saying, oh, you want to bounce around through a hundred different places because I want to be fed. I want to, shut up. Come on. Grow up already. Amen. So, so for, for Abram, this decision to, to go to Egypt, it starts to compromise. Look, look what he has to do. Abram says, he, he said, we got to go to Egypt, man, because there's food in Egypt and we got to go there. So then as they're walking, his, his Sarai walks up a little in front of him and he realizes, yo, my wife is a hottie. And he tells her, listen, 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 we can't go to Egypt like this because they're going to see you with this viejo and they're going to say this hottie and they're going to kill the viejo and take the hottie. So he says, this is what we're going to do. We're going to tell people that you're my sister. So that now way nobody kills me to have you. So he puts Sarai in danger. He risks her life so that he could be okay. Somebody say, que macho. What a man. So, so see, that, that, that decision, church, listen, whenever you step out of God's covering and you start doing your own thing, you have to compromise to cover yourself. When Christ is no longer your covering, compromise will be. That should be tweeted. Listen, next time you catch yourself lying, ask yourself, where did I step out from under his covering that I have to cover myself now? That'll mess you up, amen? Next time you start lying, so that's like probably before you leave the building. <laughs> For some of you, later on tonight. For the really righteous guys, tomorrow at work. The next time you start lying, ask yourself, where did I got out from under his covering that I got to start covering myself? And so what happens? The Pharaoh sees this hottie and he says, bring her into my harem. Boom, she's coming with me. And, and he brings her into the harem. And before he gets to, to be intimate with her, a curse hits the land. Everybody starts getting boils and legions. And, and this, this heathen king is trying to figure out what's going on. And he, he investigates more. And he realizes and he finds out that Sarai is not his sister. Sarai is his wife. And so the heathen king brings Abram and he says, why are you doing this to me, man? You told me that was your sister. That's your wife. Now all my people are cursed. Take your wife. Take all your goods and get out of here. Get out of Egypt. So a heathen king rebukes Abram. Church, listen, fam. Sometimes your non-believing friends will send you straight and send you packing with your hypocrisy. <laughs> Don't get mad at them. Understand that God is using them too. So he, oh, that's good. Come on, that's good. That's good. That's good stuff. I'm preaching better than you guys are letting on. I don't know. So, all right, so he, he gets sent out. He gets back to the land of Canaan. He gets back to where he started. Family, when we fail to trust God where we are and where he called us to be, listen, we usually go around in circles and we spin our wheels until we end up right back to where God wants us to be. Amen? Same place. Some of you are right there right now. You're at a point in your life where you know you should be active. You know you should be doing something, but you haven't trusted God to do it. You haven't trusted God to provide. You've been trying to provide for yourself. You haven't trusted God to bring the relationship. You, you went and got the relationship yourself. You, 
You haven't trusted God for the job. You haven't trusted God. Yeah, you might have said a little prayer, but, but because he didn't do it in the half hour, you gave up and you figured you'd do it your own way. Some of us are there right now, and we keep going in circles and circles because we haven't trusted God, and we've been trying to do it a hundred different ways. Until you find yourself back at the point where God spoke to you, you're going to keep wasting your years. If you could only hear the Father's voice to you today, the Father's voice is saying to you today, come back to the place where I had your heart. Come back to the place where I spoke to you. Start walking in the things you were walking in when you had communion with me. Understand, God says, I didn't move, you did. I didn't turn away, you did. I haven't stopped waiting for you, you stopped trusting in me. I will not forget my promises to you. We, we, we have to come back to the place where we can tell God, listen, I understand now, I'm here, so God, it's me and you now, and you know the song, God, when you move, I move, just like that. Amen? All right, we got to just be, to be continued because I'm out of time. There's so much more in this story that, that I'm, I'm not going to be able to finish it this week. I, I'm, I'm going to pick it up next week. Next week we'll start with Abram and we'll end up with Abraham. And hopefully in the spirit some of you will start at Abram and you'll end up at Abraham by the end of next week. Amen? Because I believe we're, we're at that point in our lives and I believe God is doing that. But I want to end today with this because I believe this is where God, where, where God has us. Worship team, come on. You guys can come. When I, was a, uh, when I was a teen, you know, a couple years back, just a little while ago, when I was a teen, I used to suffer from night terrors. You know, my family grew up, we're Cuban, Puerto Rican, and we have a lot of that culture in us. That has a lot of santeria, a lot of spiritismo, a lot of, a lot of occult stuff in our in our in our background, in our lives, right? And 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 at, I felt every night, at, at, whenever I laid down to sleep in my bed at night, I and I had the sabache, and I had the eyes, and I had the mar de ojo, and I had all that stuff going on, right? Like our good Spanish families in 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 love, and they try to you know bless us with these things, and not understanding that these are just open doors to the occult. But they do it to love us, to protect us, right? How many of you have had aunts and uncles tell you this is going to protect you? And, and you, you, I hope that you understand today. You can say, listen, I have all the protection I need. A piece of jewelry is not going to help me in the spirit. Not even a cross. Amen? But when I was a... Uh, uh, a, a teen, I, I was always attacked at night, and there was, I mean, if you've seen those stupid paranormal movies, that was my bedroom every night. I was always so scared, because I was messing with that occult stuff, and, and I was so terrified in my bed every night. During the day, I thought I was bad, you know, during the day, I was, you know, I was Mr. Breakdancer, Beatboxer, I was, you know, all that and a bag of chips. I thought I was, I was bad. But when it turned nighttime, Around 11, 30, 12 o'clock, I regressed back to this little kid that was so scared and so terrified and so afraid to go to sleep. Now, I was much too old to be doing the things that I was doing. I, you know, I was acting like a little kid. 
I was scared, and, and I remember every night I'd be terrified, and I'd see things in my room, and things would move across, and, and sheets would come off the bed, and sometimes the bed would shake, and, and I would have visions, and I would see things, and this was every night. This would happen almost every night. I was terrified to go to bed. And I would lie there in my covers, you know, making sure nothing's hanging off the bed so I can't be grabbed under the bed and, and making sure that, that nothing can, can try not to move. You know, when you're so terrified, you're scared to move because if you move, something will see you and grab you. And I would terrify and I'd be sweatier than I am right now, sweating under my sheets every night because I'm scared, man, I'm so scared. And it would come to the point where I couldn't take it anymore and I would start to call out. But I didn't call out to God. I called out to my father. And I would say, I would start real slow because, you know, real low because I don't want to get caught by the spirit. So get caught. You know, I would say, Papi. And I'm sweating under the sheets and I'm holding everything tight. I'm saying, Papi. Papi. Because my bedroom, we had a, a run-through apartment. So my bedroom was here. My father's bedroom was right there. And it was just separated by a, a glass door. And I would say, Papi. Papi. And, and I knew it was wrong because my father had to wake up at 4 in the morning to go to work. And, and this is already 12 o'clock at night because by this time it's maybe 12, 12.30. Because, I, I, again, I, I dreaded going to bed, so I would go to bed as late as I can. And, and so I start calling Papi. I knew he had to wake up early. I knew that, that he was, was going to be angry. I knew that when he finally heard me, he was going to yell at me. I knew I was going to get in trouble. But I didn't care. I would still call out because I was so scared. I said, Papi, Papi. And I would get louder, Papi. And I knew he was going to be angry. And when he finally get up, he would yell and scream at me. But I didn't care because I just wanted to hear my father's voice. Because I knew if I heard my father's voice, I'm going to be okay. I knew I'd get through the night. I knew if I, the second I could hear my father's voice, even if he was cursing at me, even if he was yelling or screaming at me, I knew that he was awake. And I knew that if the father was awake, the father was watching. And I knew that he had me covered. And I knew that he wouldn't let nothing happen to me. And I felt protected. As long as I could hear the father's voice, I felt his presence. And I knew that I was going to be all right. And that was the only time that I'd be able to go to sleep was after I heard the Father's voice. Church, listen, some of you have been crying out. You've been crying out. You've been saying, Papi. And, and, and you probably think, I, I know you're going to be mad at me, God, because I, I don't do the things you tell me to do, and I haven't been the, you know, the man, the woman, the thing, and I've been doing stupid things, and, and I keep being disobedient, and I only come to you when I'm in trouble and when I'm scared. And, and, and you think he's going to yell at you, but, but I want to encourage you today to keep calling. I want to encourage you today to keep shouting, Papi. Because if you could just hear the Father's voice again, then you know at least that he's talking to you. And you'd feel connected at least. At the very least, if you could just hear his voice today. You know that he's not mad at you. You know that he loves you. You know that he's been listening. See, God is not like my father. Our God is waiting for us to call. He never sleeps. He never turns his back. He never slumbers. He's, he's listening, waiting. He's waiting. You, we, could, we could shout it in our spirit. We don't even have to say it out loud when we say, Papi.
instantly he turns and we got his attention like we were the only person in the entire universe when we call him Bobby he instantly he hears us and he's drawn to us and he answers listen some of you have been been calling out and and I want you to know you you're probably you're here today and I believe that God brought you here today with all the madness of this place so that you can understand that God is not this separation from you God wants to be close to you God is not God understands that you're not holy God understands that you that you're not perfect God understands where you came from he understands what you've been through he understands what you've the the things that you're trying I've been talking to people this week that were just telling me well I try to be a good person and I would tell them that's awesome that you try to be a good person but none of us is good enough and God doesn't want to call good people. God wants to save people. Amen. So if you're here today, listen, I don't usually do this, but if you're, if you're here today and you, you, you know that God is calling you, you know that God has been, has, has been listening for you, and you know that you've been crying out to God, and, and I believe that at some point throughout some of this silliness, maybe that, 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 that God grabbed your attention today. And if that's you, I just want to, I want the prayer team to be able to come pray with you. I want to be able to stand with you. I want to be able to worship with you before you leave this place. Would you be bold enough to maybe just bow your head, just lift up a hand and say, God, that's me. You got to stop. Amen. You got to stop. Don't, don't worry about who's looking at you. Nobody here. Everybody here is for you, man. We're, we're here in your corner trying to encourage you, trying to, trying to get you to, to, to win this fight. We know that you're in a tough fight. Amen. Amen. And those of you that raise your hand, would you, can I ask you to do one more bold thing? Would you just come and if our prayer team could come with you? and stand with you can can we just pray over them can we just worship together with those that are that are making choices today that are making decisions today we want to welcome you and love on you amen family can we encourage those that are coming up come on encourage those encourage them this is family this is family amen As the worship team just starts to pray over these, can we, let's go ahead and worship and sing over them. If you would just sing peace over them and sing comfort.